The term passionate is a word thrown around and overused. Mountain life has become a hashtag for wannabe influencers. These words can overshadow and diminish the incredible people who actually live, work and play in the mountains. They have remarkable stories to tell and I'm on a mission to find them. I'm Ashley Pettit and this is the Beyond the Mountains podcast. My guest today is Lakpa Galjun Sherpa. At the age of 25, with no training or experience, he reached the summit of Mount Everest, the highest mountain in the world. He has reached the summit of Everest seven times and climbed many other 8,000 metre summits of Nepal. With no education, no English or training, but a strong belief in taking positive action and karma, he's managed to transform his life. He's led international treks across Nepal and Tibet with clients from all over the world. His family and children are now living the lives many people in Nepal can only dream of. Lakpa now splits his time between working in France and Nepal. During the cold winter months in Nepal, when there is no tourist and little work, he lives and works in the French Alps. During the trekking seasons of Nepal, He now has his own successful trekking agency employing a team of local Sherpa guides. His children have all received education. His daughter is now living and studying in the US, one son is living in the Philippines, and his two youngest sons are working in the family trekking business. Knowing how fortunate his life is, he is now giving back to the local Sherpa community through a charity and foundation he established with his good friend Zebulon Roche. This foundation aims to help the families and children who have lost their fathers through death in the mountains. I simply know him as Lakpa, an incredibly friendly guy that always greets me with a warm namaste whenever I see him in the Altitude restaurant in the French Alps. Hello friends, I'm your host Ashley Pettit and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Mountains podcast where I talk to people who live, work and play in the mountains. Let's start the intro music. Get on with the show. Alon Z. Hello, my name is Lakpa Gelsen Sherpa. I'm coming from, I'm Nepali guide. So I'm a Nepali guide, mountain guide. So I did summit uh, seven times Everest and uh, more than 8,000 meters for 14 times. So this is my mountain life. Lakpa Sherpa, are you ready? Yeah. Let's go? Let's go. Alon Z. Alon Z. All right, uh, Lakpa, thanks for coming on my show. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me in your uh, show. Ah, I've been wanting to have you on the show ever since I met you in the in the Femur in the restaurant. So I I learned that you were a Sherpa, and when I was thinking of creating this show, I said I've got to have Lakpa on my show and talk about Everest. Um, we're sitting here in the French Alps, and yesterday you told me that the French Alps are only hills. They are not mountains like the mountains of Everest and Nepal. They're just small hills. Tell me what you mean by hills. Because I tell uh, it's, uh, the French mountain is like a hill. Because, uh, example, in Nepal, we have the trekking trail. Who can go, the porters can carry uh, 30 kilos and with the sandals. 
and we have to cross more than sometimes we have to cross one of the hill or more than the summit of the Momlong. Yeah. So that's why we call hill in Nepal because we are we have a lot of uh, hill in Nepal in the highs. So after the six thousands, we call the mountains. Okay, so the Just highest mountain here in France or in the Alps is uh, six thousand. Yeah, six thousand meters, I think. I don't know exactly. No, four thousand, maybe four and a half thousand is Mont Blanc, Mm -hmm. and so anything above six thousand is considered a mountain. Yes, yes, and we have over six thousand. We have the name in uh, in the mountains. If not, we call just hill. (laughs) In Nepal, we call Dara. Dara is the hill. (laughs) So So I'm only walking in the hills. So, uh, but the hill of the France also is very nice, very beautiful. But uh, uh, if we call uh, every uh, hills, uh, there is name. We have so many hills in Nepal, so we have no name. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that, but it is just for uh, because of the high altitude, we have the system like this. Yeah. All right. So take me take me back to where you were born. Tell me about uh, your village and your life when you were growing up. Well, so I was born in uh, Karikola. My village name is Karikola in Solukumbu. Solukumbu is one of the region Mount Everest area. And uh, not far from Mount Everest. It is around four days for walking from my home to Everest Base Camp. So my hometown altitude was already 2,800 meters. So I was born there. I was grow up there. So this is the reason uh, I am quite a good physique for the mountain and I am a, a good physique for health, for the uh, everything. But um, before when, uh, before 2000, uh, I was uh, never go any mountains. Yeah. And I get the job, Sherpa job in 2000, the first time in Everest. And I go there, I use my crown phones uh, and uh, oxygen marks uh, first time in my life. But I was very good physique. And uh, that is the reason I get the summit Everest directly without any training before. Wow. And, uh, but for the Everest, is if we are very good physique, we don't need the training because it is, uh, there is peak slope is still in the top of the Everest. So easy to flow the way. But we must be a very good physique. So how did you climb? How do, who did you go with for the first time? So it was in 2000, and my first climb, uh, climbing Everest, it was the, with the Spanish group. Yeah. So you had no experience. So how I have no experience. I have no experience. But uh, in my group, there is, uh, in my team, there is two, three Sherpas. He did already two, three times Summit Everest. But uh, when we start from my company to go there, they are, ha, 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 maybe Lakpa is first time or something. But when I arrive in the Everest, uh, over 6,000, 7,000, I am the more stronger uh, boy uh, to go, going up. How old were you when you did this? At the time, I was 25 years. Wow. I haven't even left my hometown when I was 25. So, <laughs> And uh, I'm very happy because uh, uh, I never go to school. I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. And I don't know how to speak. And 
a lot of Sherpa are uh, climbing Everest before than me. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I tried to go Everest also because the Everest is one of the highest mountain in the world. And if I get the summit Everest, uh, I get uh, on, uh, I own like, uh, I, I, I feel it also, I, I do it. I can, uh, I already did it Everest too, like as another people. And uh, uh, it was very interesting to go there. And uh, I did, anyway, I did the summit Everest in 2000. And uh, I was very, very, very happy. And all my life was changed after this because I find every year job for the second time as guide with uh, Jeff and Claire Roche. They are from yeah. France. And also we did summit with them. And after they invite me France every year, and I come back in France every year since from 2003. And it's changed all my life because of the Everest, because I see a lot of uh, nice people there, it's them. And uh, I go continue, it's still 2007. I did seven times Everest summit, five times from uh, Tibet. Two times from Nepal. Yeah, what does Everest mean to you? So, as a as a Nepalese Sherpa and as a Buddhist, what does uh, Everest mean to you? Well, the Everest <coughs> is the international name. It is Everest. Finally, we have three different names. The Everest is because three different names. One is international. The second is from Nepal, and third was from Tibet, because Everest is uh, between Tibet and Nepal. We have the half. Tibet and half Nepal. So the Nepali name is Sagaramatha. Sagaramatha is the name of the Everest. And from Tibet name, Tibetan name is Chomulengmo. Yeah, but, but the Chomulengmo and the, the Everest has a special meaning for your culture and your. your yes, because the Tibetan are 100% Buddhist. And uh, uh, because the Chomulengmo. It's chomu. Uh, it's like like a mother. Uh, in uh, when it's, uh, uh, for example, uh, the they say it's like mother god. Chomu yeah. lemu. It's like mother god. When you uh, go into Everest, is the do you remember the first time you were up the top of Everest? Yes, I remember always. Still now, it is. Tell very, me what it's like. It is very difficult. It's all frozen. Um, uh, it's very cold. It is speaking is very easy, but doing that is very very uh, physic, and we must be uh, lucky to do this because every year climbing like uh, so five six hundred uh, tourists try to go there, and uh, each tourist have one climbing Sherpa guide, and like six hundred tourists, six hundred uh, Sherpa. And between them, it's uh, around uh, just uh, 50% they reach summit, and yeah. the rest they cannot go in summit because they are because of the, there is two three different things. If you are not lucky, if you are very good physique, or if you are mountain guide, you not reach in the top of the Everest because it's. I think it's only the luck who get the chance. Yeah, because you have so many different variables. The because weather can change. A, yeah, the weather can be. You are very good physique if you are no luck. And uh, the weather is changed in two hours, the summit day. And um, because the climbing Everest, it's, we need two months exactly, April and May. So 
And we prefer going up, down, coming down, going up, uh, acclimatization, uh, 7,000, uh, 8,000, we go up and down, we bring material there to the prepare the summit. And uh, we choose the weather forecast, for example, 12 of the May, not before 10 May, it's a lot of wind. I never did the summit um, Everest before 10 May. Always I did summit after the, uh, many times in 12 May. Yeah. Because after the 10 May, it is the weather, the, the, the wind, it's uh, going less. And this is the um, uh, region we flow after the 10 May, everybody. And example, if we push, summit push for 12 May, if, if it is 12 May, we've been already, uh, you know, it must be 11 May, we are in the uh, SWAT call, uh, 8,000 meters. To reach 8,000 meters, it takes like three days wow. from base camp. So, you are in three days working off is still 8,000 meters. It is the rest only 848 meters, but it is in the 12 May. If 12 May is bad weather is coming, you can use only solution you can, you have to come back down. And when you come down, it's still base camp. You have no more energy to go up still right. uh, uh, 8,000 meters. So your expedition is finished. It's finished. It's finished. If whether if you are sick or the weather is bad or you lose your oxygen max or you forget to bring your uh, uh, cooking stove, the, the fire, and uh, there is a lot of technical things. Like uh, you forget, you bring uh, you don't you forget to bring your uh, summit gloves, yeah, or you lose your uh, max uh, for the um, yeah, for your sunglasses, sunglasses, or your mask. and uh, you cannot find up there. Yeah, so there is a lot of technical things. So because of the altitude, you you forget very easily because you are so tired, you don't remember everything. That's one of the dangers of the altitude and the oxygen. You. You can't think clearly. Yes, it affects sure. your brain and mm. your thinking. Yeah. So, going back to my question, what when you first climbed Everest? What do you remember? What did you see? How did you feel the very first time you're on Everest? I am very, very interesting. I'm always trying to do some things, uh, going up and down, and uh, if some uh, Sherpa or if some uh, client looking some fixing some material, I go there directly because I don't know. I look very clearly, and I do things, same things. I try to learn for everything, and. Um, Past them when I reached from 6,000 to 7,000, I was very happy. And coming back down 6,000, and we carry another load, we'll go in uh, 3 uh, 3 uh, is from beginning from 83 to 9, it is Camp 2. And when I arrived in uh, 83, uh, Camp 2, uh, second time, wow, and I feel it, I can do it. To still in the top of the summit Everest, if it's got good weather, yeah, I, I feel it. I can do it, and I am so happy. And uh, it is totally changed my mind. So, I've not been to, to the top of Everest. And I, I probably won't get there to see Everest. But what do you, when you're at the very top of Everest, what do you see? 
Harry. Wow, we see so many mountains over here, thousands, like Makalu, Kanchenjunga. Kanchenjunga is quite far, but Makalu is just near, beside of Everest, like Chuyu, Shishapongma, Dolageri. We see all the mountain is very, very uh, low. Yeah. We see just foggy, and another mountain is just the, the summit we see with the foggy or something. It's it's very low, very uh, low. It's uh, it's really surprise. And you can see the the hemisphere. You can see the shape of the Earth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how how wide or how big of the area is the summit? Oh, it is uh, not that much, but it is uh, around uh, ten or eleven people can stay a little bit. After, if you go very far, it's a risk uh, of the, the snow is falling down, yeah. you know, this is risk. I think it's around 10 or 11 people can sit very well. And uh, after this, uh, after it, we cannot stay long term. Yeah, so how uh, long do you stay up there? Uh, oh, well, each time I stay not more than 10 or 20 minutes because uh, some of my clan was been in the top of the Everest because uh, by four legs, uh, because they care, uh, pay a lot of money, it's, uh, they, uh, they want to climb Everest. They reach, uh, we see always summit very near. We, they come by four legs and they arrive in the summit. And I have to take up the photo because of the recognize his face. He's the only one he reached the summit. We, I have to take the max for the sunglasses and the max for the oxygen. Yeah. And when I take off, when I take photo, in after five minutes, they are going crazy. Oh, where is my wife? Where is my home? Or something like this. They are became crazy. So I give oxygen and uh, the sunglasses, uh, uh, taking photo, and I try to bring directly. The post, it's uh, very dangerous to live long term up there. And uh, weather, can, weather can be changed or oxygen can be finished. And uh, the lot of people behind us, uh, they, yeah. they need the place also. And this is the region. So not more than 10 or 20 minutes. Okay. So let's go back a little bit. So um, I arrive in Kathmandu and I'm going to go to base camp one. T t explain to me how I get from Kathmandu to base camp and then how I get to the top of summit of the summit. Tell me the the, the stages. <laughs> the schedule is if we go from Tibet, we have to go. There is no flight. We go by uh, uh, by bus. Still in Jangmu, Kodari. From so this is you're talking about the north northeast ridge side. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is from Tibet side, from north side. So we take a one-day bus for Nepal before the Chinese border. And after we have to go by four-wheel drive with the Chinese four-wheel, with the jeep, with the Chinese legend officer. We take three days uh, still in uh, uh, Rumbuk. Yeah. Rumbuk is one of the city, uh, one of no city. It's still here, it's, we can go by four-wheel drive. And after... From Rumbuk, we stay around uh, two, three days acclimatization because we arrive directly by four-wheel drive. It is uh, very tiring, and we stay around one week. And here, it's we have to preparing everything, the package. We have to wait uh, kilo exactly, uh, like uh, 25 kilo, uh, one baggage, and uh, to give the egg. From here, from Rumbuk to uh, ABC, we have to give all the material with the egg. 
and uh, Tibetan borders with the egg. So you're preparing all the food, yeah, everything. all the water, oxygen, yeah. the f- everything. Everything. everything, cooking materials. Everything. From Kathmandu, we bring everything by car, by bus. And here we have to uh, make the uh, same kilo for each baggage. And uh, sometimes we have 100 egg. 100 yaks yes, for how many people? Oh, it is uh, if we are 10 clients, 10 Sherpa, we, uh, we have more than uh, uh, 3,000 uh, 3, 3, kilos. Wow. So because 10, uh, 10 clients, 10 Sherpa, and uh, how many yak? Uh, more than uh, one, sometimes 80, 100 yak. Yak. We have to. Uh, and that's give from. Uh, Camp, ABC camp? No. No. From Rumbuk to ABC. Rumbuk to ABC. Two days by walking by yak. And this yeah. is good for the client to acclimatize? Also, yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Also, it's good uh, because uh, uh, there is no choice. There is no choice, no road. Anyway, we have to walk for two days. It's still in ABC. Okay. So after ABC, how, how long do you stay here? Oh, ABC, we have to make the fix all our tent, dining tent, even the shower tent, our tent personnel, and everything we have to settle off. It is very hard work because it is in the icy place. We have to cut the ice, we have to bring the stone, rocks, and we around we stay one week or five days, something like this. Yeah. And after we make the celebration puja, before we start the camp one, we make the puja. We look the which date exactly which uh, day we can make the puja because we don't make the puja uh, not every day because the lama make a lama look. So on. the puja is a special ceremony. You ask for the mountain and ask for the Everest to give you permission and to protect you. Yes, this is very important to do puja because uh, uh, this is one of the prayer for the, our life, uh, nothing uh, dangerous, nothing happens. For example, if we go um, uh, without any puja, there can be very bad weather, can be sick our client, and uh, can be uh, uh, avalanche, can be uh, anything so became. So that's why it's a long time before uh, the some uh, highest lama like Dalai Lama or somebody look uh, very wild and important to do this puja before we uh, go come on. So you obviously you, your team you look for the weather you check for a nice window of opportunity to, to go and you set the date and then you ask the lama to come. No, this is, uh, we. of course, the weather, it's only we look for the summit day before yeah. we don't look the weather. And uh, to do the celebration, the Lama look, uh, there are one calendar in the, the Buddhist things, and uh, they choice this day it's good to do the puja. So uh, we have no choice because they, uh, they, when they say we wait uh, their day, and uh, we, day, we make the puja, and after we try to go up. Okay, tell me what the puja is. Tell me a bit more about the ceremony and the importance of the this. Puja, the puja, it's, uh, it's uh, one of the celebration. 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 Uh, to, it is the belief, one of the, we must believe what they're saying before, what their people are doing before, and uh, everybody follows the same things always. Like uh, if we make the puja, we are. Uh, we think always we get the good chance. Yeah. 
It's good karma. Good karma, yeah. Yeah. And you also do the puja for the Sherpa, your clients, but also for the people who have uh, lost their life before. Yes, exactly. So when we make the puja, we give all the food little by little, uh, everything we collect and we give for the God, uh, we pray for the God and we pray for the people who lost like uh, before. We don't see the people lost in by uh, our self, but they are always around in base camp. Yeah. They are hungry, they are thirsty, so we give the chocolate, what we, we have, uh, we give uh, uh, everything in the puja place, we live always when we go up, and the Lama says, and they come there, they eat, like, uh, they are like, uh, became by, uh, uh, by eagle, became So these by are the small, spirits, yes. they come and you give them offerings. Yes, so when they eat and we have the less accident. Okay, and do you see any special symbols when you see these the the spirits and these animals? Are there any special symbols like if a, a crow or black crow? Yes. the black crow is a lot of black crow, crow who come, and sometimes there is some mouse, some small bird. And they come around, they eat, and they are just looking at us. They are not uh, afraid. It is really interesting. Yeah, and are they important signs? Are they important symbols? The important symbols, it's... Uh, 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 if there is, when we give, if there is something coming uh, directly in one hour or two hours, if they eat, it is good thing, uh, good sign. Yeah, it is good sign. If we give like today the celebration, we have a lot of things to eat outside, uh, not for us, but it is like crow, crow like uh, mouse, like some uh, small uh, bird. Uh, um, they are around, a lot of around, but sometimes uh, they don't eat. And yeah. this is not a good sign. Okay. And if, it's, if you see a bad sign, does that change the way you... Uh... So we have no choice. We have uh, just so we feeling it is not good, but uh, we do nothing. You just be more careful. You, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so you do the puja with the Lama and your clients and your, your Sherpa team, but you also have a, a special prayer that you Sherpas uh, do as well for your own protection. Yes. This is the old protection. We have one mantra when we're walking uh, on the way, but not coming avalanche, not pulling the rock. Uh, uh, this is we protect by ourselves. There's one mantra. Om Baza Guru Pema Siti Baza Guru Pema Siti Baza Guru Pema Siti We say always like this. We repeat yeah. always the same word. And what does that mean? Give me, tell me what that means. This is the, the one of the word. It is one of the mantra from the one of the God, Guru Rinpoche. Guru Rinpoche is one of the God before. It's like a long time before. It's one of the uh, God We say uh, his mantra. Yeah. So we follow all the Sherpa who during the work uh, in the night and the day. They say it's always Baza Guru Pema Siti And what does that mean? Tell me what the, the translation is. The translation, I don't know. It is the, the, the one of the mantra, but I am not Lama to explain everything. Okay, what know. does it mean to you? For me, it's one of the mantra uh, we say, uh, Lama say like this, we follow just so we say, Wambaza Guru Pema Siti and that's all. Okay. We feel it, it is a good thing to do. So it's a feeling and you feel yeah. more confident and yeah. you feel that the... the the summit is going to be achieved. Yeah, we, it is in our mind. Everybody do this, and uh, we do this in our mind. It's more clearly. We are more friendly. That's yeah. all. Um, 
So we're at uh, ABC Base Camp. You've done the Puja. Tell me what the next base camps are and how you get there. Uh, Swatkol. Yeah, Swatkol. No, the North Ridge. North Ridge, yes. Yeah. Swatkol uh, is named also Swatkol. Swatkol, mm. and that's Camp 2. Camp 2, it's uh, Camp 2, Camp 3. Okay, tell me how you get there and then how you get to the summit. So before we go summit, we have to go around uh, more than uh, five, six times in uh, 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 North Coal. Yeah. Uh, North Coal and uh, five, six times in uh, Camp 2. Maximum two times, one times, ten and some oxygen. So you're going back and forth yeah, to yeah, acclimatize. Twice. twice. Acclimatize and same time we have to uh, carry up the, our material. Yeah, so your that's your job as a, yes. as a Sherpa and as yes, a mountain guide. Sherpa, yeah, as Sherpa, to, as mountain guide. So You have to carry all this material for yes. the, the client, don't carry anything. He carry his one sleeping bag. Uh, he have to carry his water for, uh, by himself in the day. His pack lunch and yeah. the rest we carry. Okay. We carry, we go twice in the camp two, camp three, camp four. And when it's everything is uh, ready, we wait for the weather forecast. And uh, when it's good weather, for example, if 12 May it's a good weather, we start like uh, 9 May from uh, from uh, ABC, came on, uh, 10 May, came two, uh, 11 May, came three, and from came three, 12 May, we try to go summit and come back down. And before that, your team of guides and Sherpas, you are going ahead, ahead of your clients and you're preparing the base camps, coming back many times up and down depositing all the material so you have a very hard job very hard job very hard job of course uh, this is the way uh, um, uh, it's not easy job if it's the weather is good if we are healthy it's okay but if you are not healthy you uh, it is not like in uh, here so to, uh, to change the, our step when we walk it's really difficult like uh, uh, one minute uh, we change another step it's really hard because you have the wind but also the snow may be very fresh very, snow and you have to yes, push your exactly, way and make the trail exactly. yes we have to make the trail uh, it is not easy you have to set the line mm. and the ropes so it's sometimes the ropes are frozen you have to take them off yes also there is a lot of technical things yeah and the south, the north ridge route that you've done five times what what is the dangerous part is that the you told me it's the the ridge the ridge i see the dangerous part it's after the summit because from the tibet in the north side we go everest we go always we follow the route in by ridge there yeah. is no ridge avalanche there is no crevasse but uh, we have to go like 2 3 meters up and down just on a couloir. A couloir. A couloir. Yeah. So, so some, coming back after the summit, it is too clear. It is uh, very hard to pass this because we have no energy. And twice the people are uh, get accident displaced. So the coming down is the most dangerous part. Yes. And going down, coming after the summit is more easy. Is from Nepal. I see it. Yeah. And from Nepal, it's, I mean, to make the rescue from uh, summit to become uh, down it's more easy from the nepal side because it's going just down we can we can follow uh, 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 
pulling pulling the down uh, by uh, Sherpa yeah. and easy, but. Uh, from Tibet side, we cannot falling down because it's uh, it's a very steep bridge. Uh, steep, and also we have to climb again two meters and going down again two meters, uh, like a lot of times uh, up and down. Yeah, there is two color. So but the North Ridge route, it's um, it's very cold and very windy, and that you camp at high elevation, and the one thing that's different because both both sides of the of Everest is very difficult, but on the north side, there's no chance for helicopter rescue. There is no chance for helicopter rescue because why it was in Tibet. Tibet is controlled by China. Yeah. So they don't like to make the rescue helicopter there. They don't give the information. They don't give the permission, and also they don't do it for a moment. Anyway, we have to bring down by ourselves, still base camp. From base camp to still Rumbuk, where we find the four-wheel drive, we bring by Yak. The yeah. Tibet, from north side, is the rescue helicopter, is the people and the Yak. Yeah, and that's we, your job. Yes, this is our job, and I do all the time and show you. It was really funny. We, yeah. uh, we uh, give the people uh, the climb in the top of the Yak, and we bring down the Yak in two-day walking. By feet, and after we send by jeep in okay. Kathmandu. Wow! All right, so you've climbed the North Ridge five times. Let's talk about the the other side of the of the the Nepal side, the um, South Coal Ridge. You've done that twice. Yes. Tell me about the route and how you climb Everest on this side. Uh, for a while, from uh, South side, it's a uh, just between base camp and between camp two, there is a lot of dangerous way. From base camp to camp on Kumbu Ice Pole, it is it's only ice pole inside the ice, in, inside the crabbers, we have to go up and down. It's a long ladder, it's moving everywhere. In the day, it's when it's getting warm on the day, is the ice is moving. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's a lot of accident. And after came one to came two, it is flat, just walking. Yeah. It is long, and there is a lot of crevasse what we don't see. And uh, we uh, have to follow always the rope, and we have to make the uh, safety in the rope always. If not, it's, we are not sure we arrive in camp two. We don't see the, the crevasse, but there is a lot of crevasse. Yeah. And after came two, it's okay. There is no dangers. Uh, still uh, South Coal. South Coal, yeah. And from South Coal to Summit, it's okay also. Then it's uh, not so big different. Not so, so big dangers. You have to get to the South Summit first and then Hillary Step and then the Summit? Yeah. We from we start from uh, South Coal. It's uh, 8,000 meters, came four from Nepal. And... We start around uh, 11 o'clock always to go to the summit. And we arrive here at 7 or 8 or 6 in the morning in the top of the areas. And first we arrive in the um, South Coal. And after we see summit and after we arrive Hillary Steve, we see summit is just near, but it takes again three, four hours. Three to four hours yes. of how many... How many elevation or how many uh, health? Not not so much. Uh, around uh, 300 meters, it takes uh, nearly four hours. Yeah. Very, very difficult. And so you're, 
you're carrying all the oxygen for your clients, you're carrying all the material. So we have, after the SWAT call, after the camp four, we have just our pack lunch and our water, hot water in the thermos and our oxygen. Yeah. So Sherpa, we take three oxygen for us and for the client, we give five oxygen. For, for from uh, 8,000 to just for one day, pipe, or, uh, pipe oxygen. In five oxygen, they are oxygen, they carry one by themselves, yeah. their socks. And uh, when it's finished, we change the new one. So you're carrying the, the extra oxygen? Yes. So around we have to carry three. Uh, three myself. plus five. Uh, yes. Three plus uh, five, yes. How many kilos is this? Oh, it takes like uh, nearly around uh, with the water bottle, with uh, pack lunch, everything. Uh, it takes nearly 20 kilos. 20 kilos? Well, yeah, it's 20 kilos, but it's okay. Yeah. Because it's, uh, we cannot walk very fast, so we are traffic jam. We go by step by step, so we can, when it's, we take rest, we, I can put in the mountains like this. Yeah. So we don't need to carry always. But after two, three bottles, it's finished. When we change another bottle, we leave the empty bottle, we leave in the ground. We uh, put picks with the rope, and when we're coming down, we take it, bring down. Oh, you everything. bring it down that way. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I, I think you made an important point, we had a, t a talk yesterday, but there was, I was, when I was researching, I was under the impression that the Sherpa did not use oxygen to, to climb Everest. But you said that you always climb with oxygen because you are responsible for your clients. You need to protect them. So yeah. This is, there is two different ways. When... Even I can do by myself if I don't need to take care of my client, I can do with, uh, without oxygen also. But uh, the reason is when uh, I go like as like guide, it's just I am the one, the responsibility with my client and I must be take care for him. So I have to walk very slowly at him. Yeah. And uh, this is the way I need oxygen because it's, uh, if I walk very slowly, it is very risky for the progen, the, the finger, the leg, and hand. Yeah. So your fingers, your legs, and your hand can get frostbite if you're yeah. working too slowly. Too slowly, yes. Yeah. Because it's getting very cold. So. Yeah. And so you sometimes need to uh, watch the time and make sure the client can get to the top. So we try to bring well, before 12 o'clock. Before three o'clock, twelve. Twelve o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but now the people bring is still three o'clock in the in the three uh, a, a p.m. Uh, but it is very 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 dangerous. Uh, me, I try to uh, bring my client before twelve o'clock. If not, uh, I must. I say we go down because uh, the not only the important to reach in the summit. The important is bring their life. Uh, in in base camp, you know. Yeah. So if we are uh, after the twelve o'clock in the summit, uh, we are getting very night in the midnight. We must be in camp for. So it is uh, if we have no light, if we uh, finish our headlight battery, or if we finish oxygen, and in the night nobody take care for us. So yeah. it is very dangerous. So that's why I prefer. I'm really a good take care for my client. I prefer to reach in the summit before 12 o'clock. And is that, an, is that an agreement 
Is that something you talk about with your clients and say, okay, this is this is the way. Mm. If we don't meet these uh, timelines or there's danger and you make the decision to cancel the summit, they have to agree. Yeah, they have to agree. And this is the reason. Also, I, uh, I push off in the 11 in the morning, in 11 in the night. Yeah. So 11 in the night from Camp 4, we start uh, in the night. So... So it's uh, it's uh, it's sure we arrive before twelve o'clock in the top of the Everest. Yeah, and coming back down, so you've reached the summit, but the the trek is not over. You no, know, the, this is only halfway. Yeah, tell me about the arriving back down to base camp and the dangers. So this is now one of the most dangerous periods of climbing Everest. Yeah. So, but when we arrive in. Uh, after the summit is still in Camp 4, after we feel we are we are safe because yeah. we did so You're done, you've done, you've achieved it. You've, yeah. 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 And, uh, and if it is very, very, uh, my clients are very, very tiring and from, uh, from Camp 2, we can, uh, we can uh, rescue helicopter from Camp 2 yeah. going down. So most of the clients, they, in their head, in their mind, they're thinking the objective is to, is to reach the summit. Yes, but your objective is to get them down. Yeah, of course, of course, it is the the the, the of course for the summit and bring down. I, yeah. I try to do this by by my best, but if I feel not well, I I, I feel it very well. He get the summit or no? Yeah. So I feel it is still working up uh, before summit in Kempo. But someone is very surprised. You are very weak. He go very slowly. Still came four. It uh, still came uh, uh, eight thousand meters. And tomorrow morning, when uh, I give oxygen, more pressure, more more strong oxygen or something like this, he walk very very fast. Yeah. Very fast. He change uh, his uh, mind. You know, everything. It's uh, it's mind who decide. I yeah. think. If you say, okay, I can do it, we can do it. If you feel, oh, it is very difficult, maybe I cannot do it, and you have no energy. So what are you looking for when, you look, when you're about to make that final push for the summit and you're looking at your clients, can they do it, can we not do it? What do you look for? How do you communicate? What signs, what signs how do you talk to them? Is there body language? Yes, the number one is I look his physique, how he can work. And the second thing is very important. Uh, uh, if he eat very well, if he drink very well in uh, 8,000, he can do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if he cannot eat, he cannot drink, it's vomit, everything, then it's, it's not a good sign. He cannot do it because the oxygen, he gets some energy, but if you have good food in your stomach, it is the more strong oxygen. Yeah. This. And if you are very hungry, you have nothing in your stomach, and some chefs are very lazy to cooking, and to cooking in 8,000 meters is not easy. You have to cut ice, you have to build the ice, and you have to cook something, and the tent is uh, uh, in, in the, not the same tent. Uh, you have to sleep like a different tent. We have to go out to give the food, and the, sh uh, the climbing guide are very lazy, and to, uh, to take care of their clan, they just put in the, their tent, and uh, they give oxygen, and to 11 o'clock, they say, okay, we go summit. Yeah. So this is very bad experience. So you need to really communicate with your clients. You have to have a really very, strong team. Very strong team. The number one is to take care of them, to give 
every five minutes to give some tea, some hot chocolate, some uh, chocolate or some tampa or uh, let him eat always. Yeah. Then it's very physic, very strong tomorrow morning to go up. If yeah. you don't eat, no good. So that's the key, eating. This is only the, the system for eating, drinking, and uh, very important to keep your head when you are in the altitude. So you need to be uh, thinking and you know be aware of the situation you're in to mm, keep your yeah, head. Yeah. There's so many things to talk about, but you've obviously you told me you've climbed Everest seven times, but surrounding your village and where you grew up, there are many eight thousand meter summits. You've obviously climbed a few of these other summits. Tell me about some of these, because some of these are more difficult technically to climb. Very technical is uh, when I climb Dolageri 1, it's 8,200 meters. Dolageri is very technical because I feel it because I'm going to fix the rope uh, still in Camp 3. It is a hard job for me because not enough the uh, Sherpa uh, uh, team, not enough. It's tiring when we open the because of the soft snow. It's... Uh, uh, and we have to make the trail, we have to fix the rope, and uh, Dolageri one and Annapurna one is very technical mountains. Yeah. Why are they more technical? Because it's some uh, some place is very uh, uh, dangerous. It's just chlor. It is one of the part uh, stone. Is, we don't see the stone is coming falling down. Yeah. The avalanche is coming. We have to pass anyway this chlor. And if not, we have no way. So this is that way. It's technical. And it, is the climbing different? So when you you have to use more axes or ropes, is the climbing different? The ice axe. It is in Nepal. There is a lot of soft snow, so, so not, not so useful. Uh, like ice, uh, technical ice axe. It's not no necessary to bring yeah. about uh, in Nepal, because. Uh, um, here is the ice is very uh, good, but in Nepal you cannot use your ice axe without fixed rope because you are very very weak because of the altitude. Yeah, you have no energy. The, like alpinist, I do by two ice axes doing like this. This is no way. It's not the way you climb in. Uh, this is Nepal. not easy. So in, because uh, because of the altitude. Yeah. So you're when you're climbing, you're fixing ropes, and so that gives you your clients can pull on the ropes to get to the to the summit. That's your one of your many jobs. If it is only my team, I have to open the way still in the summit. This is very hard job. But yeah. if we have uh, in the same time like more than ten uh, different uh, expedition, so we uh, we make the group the yeah. teamwork to fix the rope. And then it's more easy. But uh, the problem is the small uh, uh, mountain and another mo uh, 8,000 mountain like Annapurna or uh, like uh, Dolageri. There is two, three groups, uh, sometimes just only one groups. And this is very hard job. Tell me about when you have to break the line, you have to make, make the route. Why is that harder? Because the, you have to walk through the fresh snow. Because uh, we have to walk through the snow and at the same time we have to pulling the pig rope very long. Yeah. You know? And the pig rope, like if we have the 100 meters or 200 meters long, we have to put in my uh, uh, harness. I walk and at the same time I have to, uh, each time I have to uh, pull off my pig rope to go up. The yeah. pig rope, it's uh, uh, going uh, up, 
not going down. Yeah. So uh, that's why it's uh, hard. And when yeah. you're doing this, are you? And also, I have to carry myself the the snowbar, ice scoop, lot of things in my bike. Yeah. And same time, I have to break the snow, and same time, I have to pull off the fixed rope. Yeah, because sometimes it's frozen. Sometimes it's frozen, and the, the problem is the with the snow. It became the snow. It's uh, uh, rolling with the fixed rope, and uh, it's, it can be heavy and something like this. Yeah. One of the, the the special there's this uh, correct me if I'm wrong but there's a special job uh, when you're going through the Kumbu ice falls there's a special ice doctor that has to make the route. That is Tell me about these these people who make this uh, with the ladders and the route for the ice falls. This is very interesting. This is uh, uh, we give around uh, eleven thousand dollars for the permit and two thousand dollars for uh, uh, Kumbu ice fall doctor around. Uh, uh, $13,000 we give for the government. And this is Kumbu Ice Fall from this camp to camp two. The trial is opened by a government side with yeah. this money. They send a lot of letters. They send around 10 Kumbu Ice Fall doctors. And they work all the night and uh, make sure the way it's okay. Uh, they fix before everything opened the way. When is the fix uh, finished the uh, way still came to every morning they go before the, the another sherpa before the another client they go for, uh, before and they will call like by contact by radio it's okay the way it's okay yeah. you can come everybody if you want and uh, if there is nothing okay they say don't come today there is no way you know it is it is a very good job for them this they do three months only for this around 10 climbing guide yeah but they have to set. They make. They have to make the ladders and tr make the traverses for the crevasses. So they have to make the navigate the icefall. Yes, yes, yes. They look the they, they visit before. They look everywhere how it's possible. Uh, continue this way, or we have to turn uh, right, left to turning the the, the past another big crevasse. Uh, they do always uh, their one job. They carry all this material. They carry the ladders on their back. They have to walk up through the steep ice yes, falls yes, with the crampons and everything. Yes. Wow. One of the things I think changed was after 2014, 2015, you had some very bad avalanches and um, earthquakes. And that changed the Sherpa, the role of the Sherpa, and it changed everything for you. Tell me about that, that period of time and, and what happened afterward. So, because climbing Everest, it's uh, very good money, uh, very good, uh, very uh, hard life, but it's the same time they earn very good money for their family. And most of the Sherpa is uh, working every year for Everest. They did uh, 20, uh, 16, 10 times the summit Everest, but they go continue. Their age is like 50, 55, 60. They go always Everest. In fact, they don't give chance for another new Sherpa. It's still 2014. And it's another new Sherpa uh, who want to do go Everest. Not easy to find the Sherpa climbing guide yeah. there. So the region is the trees who want to go Everest. They say, I need the Sherpa, but who did summit before Everest? 
everybody chose this. And this is the reason they don't find the new Sherpa, they don't find the climbing guide job in Port Everest. But in, in fact, in 2014, there is Kumbu Ice Ball was broken. It's like more than 14 or 15 Sherpa was died and more than 25 was injured. Yeah. And uh, they stopped all the expedition this time for Everest. Nobody climbed. And second times, they go again in 2015. Same tourists, they come to climb Everest again, the same Sherpa. In fact, there is very bad luck for earthquake in Nepal, very strong earthquake yeah. uh, uh, in 2015. And again, there is a lot of avalanche coming from mountains through, coming through in base camp, and a lot of people died. So from 14 to 15, it's all changed in uh, Sherpa life because all the uh, Ezit Sherpa who did many time summit or many Ezit, all stopped to climb Everest and in 2016, from 2016, it's very good chance for the new climber, very young generation. Yeah. Uh, they get the chance and they did the summit. Okay. And was that also a, a chance for the Sherpa people to take control of the expeditions and the tours? And because before, the, you were employed by... Uh, a Western person to be to do the job, but now you are the boss. Is that what happened after this period? You were able to form your own agency to, to be in control of this, this summit and the and the hiking. But um, now my, I have my own agency for the climbing and for the trekking in Nepal, which is name it's Himalayan Karma, and. Uh, Anyway, if I uh, have the client who want to go Everest or Yumlung or Manasulu or Dolagiri, but also I try to find who knows the way and who did twice summit already. Yeah. And this is uh, this is very important uh, the, to do this because like this is I'm sure they will do it. Yeah. Because uh, if they don't know before, they don't did summit before, uh, it is quite uh, uh, not so comfortable for me to do anything with them. Yeah. So you have your own agency now. Yeah. And you have your own group or team of, of Sherpa and guides, mountain mm. guides. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own uh, climbing guide and mountain guide and the trekking guide, everybody. And when I have group I send from my uh, company, when I don't have the client, I ask for the big company uh, to give them a job. Yeah. And um, how many how many people on your team? How many guides do you have? I have the uh, three mountain guys for yeah. moment and a lot of trekking guides, okay. around 10, uh, 10 trekking guides. And they are... Uh, I want to change the subject a little bit, but... Your mountain guides, are they Sherpa? And your trekking guides, are they Sherpa as well? Because I want to make the point that the Sherpa is not a job. Sherpa is the, Sherpa the, the is, ethnic. Is the ethnicity. Ethnic different. But um, uh, to send in the mountains, uh, like uh, over 8,000, it's only climbing uh, guide from the ethnic Sherpa too. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, because the Sherpa are very strong. Physic and to do trekking, normal trekking uh, guide or something. This is another ethnic also. We right. can do it. Yeah. One of the things I'm interested now, and I see here in, in the French Alps, I am more concerned about the the change of climate and global warming. Um, when we had a talk yesterday, 
you said you didn't notice it so much, but you also then you said, ah, but the crevices and the glaciers are becoming bigger and more happening more often. So you are seeing the effect of global warming and climate change in Nepal. T- tell me now. Tell me what you think and you, what you're seeing now. Yeah, it is very big effect. What I see, uh, I I stopped to climb Everest in 2007. It's nearly 15 years, and but last year I go still came too because I have Everest expedition. I my my one, and I see so many crevasses between Camp One and Camp Two, yeah. and I I, uh, I feel it. I think in my mind it is the global warm who change all these crevasses. Yeah, because there is not enough snow. Yeah. So you are seeing less snow here in, in Nepal now. Mm, less snow because the, I'm really wondering. In Nepal, is five thousand meters is still end of the November. Last November we have zero snow, but in November in France, like uh, two uh, thousand meters, uh, there is a lot of snow. Yeah. So it is very uh, different. And that makes obviously your job every year. Your job is going to change. Yeah. To make the traverse through the the ice falls and through the crevasses, it's it's every year it's going to be more dangerous. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, any advice uh, for people who want to who dream about climbing Everest? Any tips and advice on how they can do that? How they can do that? So they obviously have to prepare a lot and do some climbing before. Oh, okay. So the the only things for climbing Everest, it's uh, no necessary to do a lot of things, uh, training like a mountain guide or something like this is no necessary because it is uh, in the fixed rope. You just uh, follow the way with your climbing guide yeah. there is no technical things but you must be healthy healthy you must be healthy very healthy so you must do some a lot of exercise and training before yeah. you get yeah. to get there you must be physique very yeah. good physique and you have to be strong in the mind yeah you prepare your mind always and you must be uh, your body must be light yeah. it's more easy to climb and uh, what about karma do you need good karma to uh, to reach Everest it is, uh, the, 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 the karma is the number one, what I think, because uh, I have a uh, lot of clan or some lot of Sherpa, a lot of times they go in the top of their race, try to get, they never get summit. And I think they are bad karma. And me, when I organize one thing, any expedition or trek, always there is no accident, uh, no avalanche, and always we did summit. This is, I think it's good karma yeah. also. So karma is karma is not bad karma or good karma. Karma can be good or bad, but karma is taking action. And tell me about karma in your life because from 2000 when you didn't climb and never climbed Everest, you've had good karma to change your life and have a, a good life now. Yeah, I'm happy I became here. I never think I became still here. So became businessman like uh, uh, without any education, without uh, uh, language, uh, uh, anything. You know, like uh, I don't speak English, I don't speak French. Uh, I come in France and uh, now I speak English. I speak very well French, and uh, I speak Tibetan. I speak little Chinese, and um, the karma it's always. With us, we everybody have karma. Yeah. But uh, 
sometimes they give uh, good karma for us, sometimes they give bad karma for us. Yeah. It is, it's just by year also we change. Karma will change by year also. And another thing is, if we have good karma, you think in your mind, if you do nothing, there is nothing happen. But the second karma is you must pay your mind decide to do very strongly you have to uh, physique uh, you have to prepare your physique and uh, let's say for if it is for the uh, average if I go if I say oh it is not possible uh, we go back there is no uh, way to reach summit yeah we are there there is uh, some dead body there is some avalanche the people are died yesterday I I keep my way. I says we can do it. This is the mountain life. This has happened uh, uh, any times, but we go still end. Yeah. So we, if it is good weather, we go continue, continue. We keep our one, and this is the the mind is strong. It's the more good karma I think. Yeah. So if, uh, I mean, if I have karma, if I do nothing, I get nothing chance. Yeah. So. Um, I, I walk very hard in mountains. I say, if I die, I die. No problem. And I go continue. I did it summit. I come back down. And example, if I come in France, oh, I'm in France. So if I don't walk well in France, I have no job next time. So I lost my job and I lost my karma. So karma and plus we have to uh, uh, very um, uh, be on it. Be very confident, yeah. be a very good work. You know, there is a lot of things what in my experience. Yeah. And your karma, I think, has your life, your children's life now is very different from when you were growing up. Tell me how you've changed the future for your children because they are now educated, they live and work overseas. This, so- is, this is very good questions. So I have two sons. And I don't want to them to climb Everest as me. Now they have very good educated. I send very good school. And uh, uh, my first son lived, studied 15 years in Philippines. And my first daughter was now in New York in, uh, in uh, US. They are going continue study there. Yeah. And they want to change their life. And, uh, it was, uh, of course, it is the Sherpa. We are Sherpa in mountains. We are very good physique and uh, to climb uh, highest mountains. But uh, I think it's uh, uh, better to um, better to change the life also. Yeah. So you wouldn't want your children to be uh, mountain guides. Yeah. No, I don't want. I don't want. They, they can control the. They, they can work. Uh, they can grow up my agency like Himalayan Karma. And we will keeping organizing for the trek and expedition. We try to send a very good guide for the clients, and we try to get a very good organization, but not to climbing. Yeah. Maybe one times, but not uh, always the whole the life. And uh, I think in in ten or twelve, uh, twenty thousand, uh, twenty years after, there is lot of Sherpa boy are not interested in climbing. Do this. Yeah. And so your your oldest daughter's in the U.S. You have one son that's been living in the Philippines. You have other two sons, 
Is, are they working with you? They are in Nepal. They are working with me. They do normal trekking guide, and uh, uh, they speak French. They speak English, and uh, they go in base camp. They are leading. So yeah. And your happiness and your karma, you are also um, you have had success in your life. But you're also giving back to the community and your and your community in in Nepal and in your village. You have a, a beautiful association now. You're helping people. Tell our listeners about what you're doing and uh, with this. So this I have one of the associations, Suli the Sherpa, who is uh, met by Jebulon Roche before in 2003, no 2004, I think, and now it's controlled by uh, change the president. It's my ex-wife, so. Uh, we have already 25 children I help. The children who have lost their father in Epres or Manasulu or Dolageri, they have no father. Yeah. And we take care of this kind of children. We pay for each children who live in Kathmandu around 1,000 euro by year, school, a private school. Yeah. And the village, we pay around 300 uh, euro per persons. In total, I have more than 20. Uh, this time, I have 25 children. Because the... F- and I like to do this continue. Yeah. To helping. And the important thing that is that the father, the males who are doing this work as Sherpa and, and mountain guides, they are the sole income for the family. It's always the male. and if There is some income, but, uh, uh, you know, when they are no more life, they get accident. Uh, when they are died, they have no income. There's no government everything. help either. Yeah. No, we have no system to help from the government side. Yeah. So you have a, this really nice association, this charity now, you're looking after the families and yeah, the children. This is, for- I love it. I love it because I, when I was young, I had no educated by school. So I learned, I became here, I, it is my experience. I do by my experience. I come here. Uh, if not, I have no zero education. It's yeah. quite very uh, different uh, life and uh, and uh, different experience. Yeah. But uh, one thing it's if I have one project next year, I never forget. I keep in my mind always, but I don't write in the book. No. So it is quite interesting. What's your project? No, any project what I have, I, I mean, I don't need to write in the somewhere. Uh, uh, I never forget it. I keep always in my mind. Ah, okay. You keep it in your mind and then you take the action to, yeah. to make this vision, mm. this, this goal happen. Yeah. Um, some of these children, when did you start this association? When did you start? It is, we start from, um, with my wife, it was from 2012. Have you seen... Some children grow and course, finish yeah. school and finish the school days. have they yes. a ch- a new jobs, new life? Example, my daughter was finished by uh, study, uh, paid by study from Suli the Sherpa, and she's now in New York to do the master. Yeah, she's doing her master's. Yeah. And she plays fine. violin too. Yes, sure. She's a very good violin player? Not, uh, but she like, but not very good bla- uh, player, but she's trying, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really nice to... I can see a reflection in your life. You started off with no education. You took uh, good karma. You took good action to to change your life, and now you're helping other people to change their life. It's a it's a very it beautiful thing. Very good. Though. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday you told me that you uh, you don't have any hobbies. You don't like music. You don't uh, you you work. 
and you will relax when you retire. So I want to play a little game now with you, a little quiz. So I'm going to ask you some questions to try and understand your life a little bit, a little bit better. But um, let's go. Are you ready? Yeah. What do you fear most? What, you, what scares you in the mountains? What uh, scares the mountains? So when I go there, it's uh, very uh, beautiful and they give me energy. Okay. And that's why I like the mountains. Uh, what is happiness for you? What is happiness? But the mountains, it's, uh, uh, my life is changed from the Everest, so uh, uh, when I'm in the mountains, I'm always happy. Okay. What is the, the one thing you own that you treasure the most? Let's say this is uh, my... Uh, I think in my life, what I own, it's, uh, everything is changed from the Everest. Yeah. Because I see... I see a lot of nice people there and a lot of people, I get the friend, I get the sponsor, like Jeff, everybody. So so let's say it's for the Everest. For it's me. your Everest. Mm. Who is your hero in life? Do you have a hero, someone you look up to? Oh, my hero, it is... Uh, To to do my hero, I say I can say so Everest too. Yes, you tell me it's Everest. Um, what is your greatest quality? What do, what is your character that is most important to you? A quality that you have that is the, the best thing about you? Oh, my quality it's uh, to to be uh, nice and uh, be nice with the people. And uh, be fair, very fair uh, with everyone. This is my quality. What is your favorite word? Sherpa language. Sherpa language. You love the Sherpa language. Yeah. Uh, which is your favorite season? Uh, summer. Summer? Mm. Uh, okay. So you cannot say Everest for this, but which is your favorite mountain other than Everest? Oh, it is um, uh, very easy, not the uh, Rick's avalanche. I have my favorite climbing, it's uh, Choyu from Choyu. Tibet. Okay. Do you have an Oppenel knife? Oppenel knife? An Oppenel knife, the special French knife. Ah, Oppenel. Uh, no, I don't have. Okay, I have to buy you an Oppenel knife. Um, what do you always carry in your backpack when you're going for uh, the summit or a hike? What do you always carry in your backpack? Uh, I carry normally it's a water bottle, one water bottle, and I carry one Goltex. Yeah, always very important to Goltex jacket in the mountains. All right, I think that's enough for today. There are three questions I want to ask you. Um, how does it make you feel when you're in the mountains? I I feel when I get boring, when I get uh, some problem, I go in mountains, I look in the mountains, so they give me very good energy, and I feel it what I do before, what hard job, and uh, so the mountains give me a lot of energy, yes. They give you energy. What do the mountains teach you about life? The, what I teach, uh, what they teach me, it's uh, when it's bad weather, when it's there is dangerous, don't go off, don't go, go do this. Uh, it is teach by um, I think this is teach by mountains, but it is my experience. Yeah.
All right. Uh, and finally, uh, is it? Can you remember a story or a, a moment that you can share where maybe you had uh, a problem or an obstacle you had to climb, and how did you solve that? And what did you learn from this experience? Share a story. A story of of being in the mountains. Yeah, it is a lot of things uh, I learned by myself, just by my experience looking for people or what they, another people are using, who hot, uh, what they are doing. It's just I copy always the same things because I have uh, uh, no training before, not uh, school before. So when I am in the same place, I, I, I see it through by my eye and I I make coffee, same things, and I learn by myself everything. Normally. Yeah. Okay. And you, sh- and you also like to share that knowledge too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I share this knowledge. It's, uh, there is a lot of things we have to do by ourselves. Yeah. Even I have uh, a school like a mountain guide, or if I am in the very educated uh, by school, and the we have to use our one experience in the same place if it is not uh, using what I learned before. There is some time we have to use our things differently yeah. in the mountains. If not, we cannot reach it. For, for example, the way it's from here, the peak rope, and there is, if it's a shortcut, we look by our eye. If it is possible, we can go this way, a shortcut, you know. It is, uh, we have to use our experience always in the mountains. Yeah. All right. I think that's a nice way to, to finish up today's conversation. Yeah. So, so thank you very much, uh, Lakpa, for coming on my show and talking with me. So if people want to follow you on social media, you use Facebook the most. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook is best for you. And if uh, hopefully we inspire some people to maybe want to visit you in Nepal and Kathmandu, your website, uh, what is, is the name of your website? My website is www.karmatrekking.com. Karmatrekking.com. So yeah. I will put the notes, I'll put that in the link in the show notes. But uh, if you want to go trekking in an attempt, not just Everest, but some other 8,000 meter peaks or 7,000 meter peaks, or even just beautiful walks in the, in the beautiful mountains of Nepal, you can uh, contact Lakpa. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, uh, say um, I, I have to say thank you so much for everything what you did with me. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from beyond the mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice, but the mountains are made up of the people who live, work, and play in them.